And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode... Oh, 185 of the drop set. My goodness, we're getting up there. My guest with us today is IFBB Pro, Teresa Ivancic. How are you doing, Teresa? Good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, thanks for joining us here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know you got a busy schedule. Everybody does these days. Everybody's got their, uh, their uh, mitts in a million different things. So um, for you, as far as I understand, and stop me at any point if any of this is incorrect, you are a gym owner. Yes. Trainer. Yes. Coach. Yes. I consider those separate things. Trainer and coach separate. Yep. Um, yep. Anything I'm missing? What else do you have your paws in? Um, I, well, I do in-house, you know, personal training at the gym mm -hmm. and then I have onlines, you know, whether they're prepping or not. And then we own a t-shirt shop and then I have my, um, insurance certification. My goodness. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and a pro bodybuilder on top of that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've got like seven jobs. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> and so I just did a, uh, a podcast interview, um, or I've got one scheduled coming up with uh, Paige Sabidra, who is in Pittsburgh. And so you're just a little bit north of her, I think, right? Yes. Okay, yep. cool. Um, so... I wanted to kind of set the stage. Um, if people don't know who you are, kind of explain a little bit. I mean, you know, you're the best person to do that. I'm just going to kind of hit a couple of points here and then you can interject and, and correct me when I'm wrong or throw in some more details. So um, your first show, we got to go back to like 2006-ish or so for that, correct? Uh, yeah, 2007. 2007. And that was in yeah. figure? Yes. How long had you been training before you got into that? Well, just... Most people know this pretty much already now, but I was bulimic for seven years. So mm -hmm. that really had a hindrance on my like, growth of what I was trying to do. Um, I was obsessive with exercise. I would exercise four hours a day. I would run, I would do Tybo, I would do abs. I wouldn't eat. And then if I did eat, I would, you know, obviously binge eat. But um, that, that there is when I originally started my first show back in 2006. Okay. And so were you, you said four hours of exercise a day. Was there any lifting involved in that? Or were you mostly just cardio, cardio, cardio? There was, but it was like, I mean, a lot of it was cardio, but um, my parents had like one of those beater machines in the basement. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was just kind of just getting, you know, used to things. I didn't go to a gym. I mean, everything that I did, like for my figure days in the beginning was all right out of a basement. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. The true old school approach. Yes. Yes. So for you back then was the thought of, of getting ready for a show, was that because you were already kind of just, you know, obsessively doing all this work or were you thinking like, Hey, this is a way that I can kind of pull myself out of this habit. I kind of looked at it a little bit of a both. Like that's how I actually met my fiance. He was a, a gym owner at his first gym mm -hmm. and they told me that I needed to go see him in order to compete. He told me I needed to eat. So I ran, <laughs> I didn't see him for like seven years. <laughs> and, uh, I think like within that time frame, I was like, you know, you, you got to get your you know crap together here. And, you know, I didn't want to seek professional help. I knew I had mentally was, I was able to do that on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, that's but, tough. Um, I mean, that, that's a, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like using that as a tool to teach myself, like food is fuel, you need it to train. And then it kind of like got me out of that. And then in the meantime, that's when oxygen magazines were like huge. So I was getting those like sent to my house and I was looking through these, you know, 
magazines. And that's when, you know, Jeff, my fiance asked me, what do you want to look like? And I picked this picture out and I still have it saved today because I made the scrapbook. And I said, I want to look like this. Who was and it? And then it just kind of escalated from there. Who, who was it in the picture? I actually don't even know. Oh. <laughs> All I know is her body is cut out and pasted. Just totally random, totally random yeah. picture. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, there's a certain generation of people where their bodybuilding aspirations always come from a glossy picture in a magazine. Mm-hmm. So I come from that generation too. So I totally get it. Totally get yep. it. Um, so after that first show, were you like immediately like hooked? Like, this is it. Cool. I've found it. I have landed. I think like I was, but then it was kind of like, well, I, I, I'm, I was guessing I was on dial up AOL. <laughs> like <laughs> I had no coaches. I had no social media. I had no way to talk to anybody. I was reading what these girls were doing in the magazine and hoping to God it would work. Like it was just kind of like that thing. I was just trying to really fill myself out with that. And the figure days, like, I mean, remember we wore two different suits. Yeah. The one we piece and the one two piece. piece. And yeah. Two piece. yeah. So, um, I think like after that, it was addicting. Like it was just like, cause I'm a very goal driven kind of person. So it really like taught me a lot of discipline. And I think that that's what really like leached me to the sport. Cool. Cool. And I mean, that's one thing for all the women today who complain about the cost of suits, at least you only have to buy one. Yes. So, nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always thought that the, the one piece round was like, what in the world is this for? Yep. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Totally <laughs> that, that was first. And then we got to go to the two piece. So that was second. Yeah. It's like, okay, you've seen us covered up. Now here's all of us. I don't know. I, yes. I feel like yep. the one piece is kind of like the men's physique. It's like yes. shorts. I don't get it. I don't. Yep. I know. Yeah. I know men's physique isn't new, but I still, I still have some acceptance issues with it. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> so you started off in figure how long before you switched to, I guess back then it probably would have just been a switch to bodybuilding, right? Yeah. Cause we only had two divisions. It was either you were going to be big or small. Yeah. And I did figure pretty much in 2006 and then I, or 2007, 2008. And then the actual Mr. Pittsburgh show was the last time I ever did figure. And then I took 2009 off to like put on size and start to really research and train heavy. Mm-hmm. And then in 2010, I did my debut in women's bodybuilding actually with my grandfather at the time he was 83 he did his very first bodybuilding show how cool is that yeah Yeah. it was really (laughs) really really neat (laughs) that's awesome did they actually have like a master's 80 plus class at that show they they did and like we knew the promoter so they made him a most inspirational award and of course he won because no one was in his class yeah and then i had like one like really big request and i remember i messaged gary and i said can we do one thing i said can we please not put him in speedos i said can we just give him running shorts and i was like he's like that's perfectly fine so <laughs> that's hilarious he went up in running shorts and he was happy <laughs> my goodness you know i remember there was i went to a show this was back when i still lived in the west coast but i went to the emerald cup in washington state which is a big two-day npc show it's huge um and uh i remember they had men's bodybuilding masters 80 plus and there were three guys in that class and the crowd was just on fire when those guys were up there like more than for anybody else because it it was awesome super cool super cool we did we gave him bad to the bone for his routine (laughs) of course what else are you gonna do (laughs) yeah That's fantastic. Oh my goodness. So was 2009, would you say that was a productive year getting ready for the switch to bodybuilding? Like, I mean, how much, how much were you able to grow in a year? Well, I, um, I went from 120 to 180. Okay. So a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like real quick. (laughs) So would you say like, I mean, 
what, once you got your body conditioned to eating and like, you know, working hard, would you say it was just like ready to respond? Um, I mean, would you say that on, in 2009, you killed yourself to do that? Or would you say like, I worked pretty hard, but really my body was kind of ready for it at the same time? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what it was. Like, it was almost like from me being bulimic for so long. And then all of a sudden I really took a surplus on calories because I was like, hell, if I'm going to go big, I'm going to go. And then I yeah. would just like eat, you know, because it was like, I haven't eaten in seven years, you know? And then all <laughs> of a sudden you just like, boom, you're 180. And then you're like, oh my God, I can't even tie my shoes. <laughs> like, this is not good. Well, that, so, that's the thing. I mean, like, was, was it a really uncomfortable 180? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was sloppy. It was sloppy. <laughs> yeah, this was not what we would call a clean bulk. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Do you have any idea like how much you were taking in that year uh, on a daily basis? No, because it was like, you know, you'd go to eat and you know how that is. That's like a thousand calories a meal or you grab Wendy's. That's another thousand calories a meal. So it could have been anywhere from three to five thousand probably a day. Oh, yeah. 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 I I've been in that uncomfortable stage before. I'm just leaving it yeah. actually. So, yeah. Yep. Don't it's, go back. <laughs> it, it's kind of nice to be able to tie my shoes a little bit more easily now. Yep. So, yeah. 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 Um, so most recently, uh, you did the Chicago pro this last year, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and you did that in women's physique. Yes. And so that was a surprise to me when I was going back because I look at you and I'm thinking like bodybuilder and now, yeah. I mean, that division went away and now it's coming back and it's like, they can't make up their mind what they want to do with it. How mm -hmm. much of that pull, that back and forth, do you feel associated with? Do you feel comfortable in physique? Do you want to be in bodybuilding? There's blurred lines there. I mean, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? I um okay. So the whole thing with that switch was when I did the Olympia um, in 2020, the first year was back. I got told by the judges that it's time. Who's going to tell her she needs to come down? Like she just you know, she, she needs to be in woman's physique. So what I think in my, in my head of what I really feel and why that happened was, um, I had a coach that really knew how to condition. So it conditioned my body down to the levels of what a woman's physique competitor would be. Mm -hmm. Well, then I made the transition with John Meadows and he really brought out the bodybuilder in me because he knew how to keep me full. Yeah, so then go the figure the year that I come in looking like a bodybuilder, <laughs> I'm in woman's physique. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, I mean, I had a blast. I, I, it just wasn't for me. I wasn't feeling it. You could see it on my face. Like it just, I wasn't home. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm going back up for 2022. I'm going back to women's bodybuilding. Cool. Cool. I mean, honestly, when I, when I look at your physique and just the way it flows, I think it's the right call. Um, yeah. yeah. You can kind of tell like so, somebody's just have a look for a certain category and I think yep. you're bodybuilding all the way. So I explain that to my clients because they try to deter like which, which division are you supposed to be in? Mm -hmm. And I go with like that thickness, you know, the density, like where they're at. Cause some are borderline, like you could be a bodybuilder or physique, but if you could really condition, but still keep the muscle bellies full, but you're not dense, then physiques for you. But if yeah. you've got that big density to you, you, you got to be a bodybuilder, you're a bodybuilder all day. If you, if you can cut down and retain the fullness, that's the thing. Like yeah. if, if you have the yeah. ability to cut and keep your calories up a little bit, um, then yeah, like the, the more yeah. upscale division, I think is a smart move. So absolutely. Um, so yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I wanted to cover this, but we might as well. You did mention John. Um, yeah. and it was really sad when I heard about his passing. So he was your coach. Um, what kind of a relationship did you have with him? Oh man. Um, it was instant, man. Like it was like, um, I don't know. Like I knew him for my entire life. Like he had, he was just so down to earth and he was very approachable and he just had like his heart and soul to everybody he worked with, you know? And the first day that I met him or whatever, I was so nervous because like, you know, you see him on YouTube and everything. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, 
I'm with John Meadows. Like it's this him. is insane. And then like right after we were done training, he's like, Hey, do you want to come to my house? I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I'm going to follow you to your house. Like it was just, it, that's how welcoming he was. Yeah. And, um, towards the end of the, of the prep, we got done with the show and I don't know if he thought I was disappointed or whatever. And I had, um, gotten my, my, you know, reverse and, you know, different plan for what we were going to do. And I remember telling him that I wanted to go to women's bodybuilding and his reply was, Teresa, I don't care if you want to do bikini wellness figure physique. He's like, I love working with you, period. He's like, I don't care what you want to do, but I want you to be happy. That's literally all that I care about. So we obviously, when you're not in prep, you don't check in as much. Yeah. So then I got this random message from him and it did say the last actual email I got from him said that I really miss communicating with you as much as I did hmm. because we, you just create that you're, and I told him, I was like, you're part of my every day, but there's not one thing that that guy wouldn't do for anybody, anybody. You know, I, I never had the chance to meet him. I did uh, community. I just emailed him back and forth a couple of times, just uh, questions about like his workout programs and stuff like yep. that. Cause I, I, I followed through with a couple of those and f- with everything that you'd see from him on social media and his contributions, he really seemed like, and this is kind of hard to find in this industry, just a really cool down to earth dude. Yep. yep. Um, that I don't think anybody really has anything bad to say about him. No. And, and I mean, his training programs, like you were talking about with his training programs, they are thorough. Yeah. They are. I mean, you've got examples, you've got your feeder sets, you've got example weights and they're described exactly how you, how he wants you to do them. And if you have any question on them, there is a link to some type of video he has on YouTube. So you can see exactly what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I really took from some of his programming as well is um, like how to really, really thoroughly trash your shoulders without doing a lot of pressing. Yep. Pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like that because press yep. is kind of hurt. I mean, this old guy's got some shoulder issues here. So yeah. Yeah. He does not like overhead presses at all. And, and you know, with, without ever having talked to him, I got that just from looking at his programs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this dude yep. is not a presser. <laughs> yep. No, no. But I mean, it's just, it's honestly, it's like very basic, very simple movements, but he just has this method to, you know, how he wants to do things and it, and yeah. it works. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the conditioning that he was able to bring for himself and what he's always oh. done for his clients as well. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who knows his stuff. Yep. Uh, he, he, he was, he was top of the list there as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, we, I mean, it was no, like he called me and was like, where's your show? What, what, you know, where's the host hotel. And then like literally within two seconds after the text, he's like, all right, I'm booked. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're coming. Like, I was like, okay, this is even better. You know? So I was like, I talked to Tim and I'm like, oh, I need to buy him a backstage pass. And he wore that thing with pride. Like he wore it everywhere. Like people were taking photos with him, And literally I I've never seen him have such a fun time at a show. Cause he hasn't gone to one. in I think he said like close to 10 years. Really? Yeah. He's just wow. done seminars and things, but he has not gone to an actual show in a very long time besides the Olympia. Yeah. That, that's surprising. Yeah. That's something I have in common with him then. So yep. Yep. yeah, <laughs> I go to very few shows. You know, I mean, I, I work as a coach. I work exclusively online. I don't work with anybody yep. here locally in Tennessee. Um, yeah. So if I go to a show, it's like, you know, there was a guy who was in Chattanooga and he did a show down there. And so I made the 90 minute drive down there to go see his show. But other yeah. than that, it's like, it's hours and hours and oh, yeah. to do a show around yep. here. So it's yep. like, eh, no, yeah, <laughs> not for Just me. Text me, FaceTime me. We'll get exactly. It. We're going to, we're going to talk. We're going to communicate all through show day. Yep. I'm probably not going to be there. So yep. 
<laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he was big in country. my, he, he made me get up at like 1130 at night. He was in my room. He was in there in the morning. Like, I mean, he was like on me. And then like, it was like backstage pump up. I mean, like he was just, and he was happy. We had, we had a lot of fun. That's cool. That's cool. Well, from that to uh, potentially another depressing topic, I was just curious um, as a gym owner, co-owner, I guess would be correct. Yeah. With my um, fiance. Yeah. Yeah. How did 2020 go for you? Actually, like this is the most craziest thing ever, but it was the best year we ever had um, because <laughs> we were, yeah, there's rebels that didn't close. I mean, we like, closed for the, like first two months because nobody knew what was going on. And then like mm-hmm. Jeff and I are like, you know what? No one's going to put me in a cardboard box and I'm going to be here for my members and my people. Now we froze everybody's membership. We didn't take anybody's money. Everybody was on a hold. And then when we opened back up, like literally we had like nobody cancel. Everybody came back. We had no restrictions. You know, we had the cops at the door. You know, I was going to ask if you had any legal issues, but it was only because people were tattletailing on us. Yeah. And like he came through the door and he looked at us. He's like, will you just do me one favor and put paper on the windows? (laughs) Because I don't want to come back. (laughs) So I was like, that's fine. And we were open ever since. I mean, we didn't. We never shut back down. No time restrictions, no hours, no rec- no requirements, no nothing. That's funny. Wow. Wow. We had uh, people travel from like all the surrounding states and they actually joined. And like we had cops coming from all over like different states, Pittsburgh, like Ohio to join because they they wanted to train too. Yeah. <laughs> so we let them in. That's hilarious. It, yeah. it, it's funny. I've, I've heard, you know, there, there have been some stories like that and some stories from other people that are like, yeah, my business shut down. So I had to do this instead. And mm-hmm. now that's what they're doing and they're doing better yeah. than they were before. So yeah. it really, yeah. um, you know, you can see yourself as a victim. Um, and I think somewhat fairly, or you can see it as an opportunity, kind of a forced mm-hmm. opportunity yeah. to kind of broaden your horizons a little bit and expand. It's, and, a, it's a thing. Uh, you, what is it? You take a negative and turn it into a positive. Yeah. You know, like you just, you switch, you shift gears and sometimes like everything happens for a reason. So maybe there was that, that thing that you were supposed to be doing was right there and it just, you didn't see it until it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious as another coach, did you, what changed with your coaching business last year throughout this whole pandemic business? So that was, that was frustrating, not just like for me, like personally, but it was like keeping my clients motivated yeah. And it was like on a prep, off a prep, on a prep, you know, and then oh. I was doing it. I did three shows that year. Really? You know, and, and yeah. Like, and it was like, you know, one minute you're prepping and you're like two weeks out and then, oh wait, you're eight minutes, eight weeks out, you know? So it's just mentally, I think it really messed with a lot of people's heads, but we all, you know, came out on top. Everyone finished, you know, we did the best we could, you know, I had some people obviously that when we were shut down, had to train at home yeah. and they just couldn't get motivated to do it. But, um, then when the gym opened up, it was like, okay, let's, let's shift gears. Let's pick a different show. But coaching wise, I mean, I kept everybody that I had. Hmm. And Cause you actually, you won the Chicago pro last year, didn't you? Yes. In, yeah, in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's funny just because, I mean, clearly I, I think, you know, uh, I, I will present this to the powers that be at some point, they have to change the names for these shows. You can't have the Chicago pro if it's not in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> No. It's like, call it something else. Call it like the, the IFBB yep. summer bash or something like yep. that. I but, agree. I agree. I'm like, okay, it's either in Atlanta or Orlando. It's one of those two, but not yep. every show can be the Atlanta pro or the Orlando pro. So we got to get nope. more creative here. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but I mean, so did for those shows, I'm trying to remember, did the dates for those shift a lot or was it just the location? 
it was location and it was the the dates because that's what like i was like ready to go like i was getting ready for i think well obviously it was in july and Mm -hmm. i don't think i did like um no i didn't do chicago until october so i mean it just got like push push like way back you know and then that was the year that they were like oh yeah it's chicago purple we're going to hotlanta and i'm like okay that's right and then what was really really bad was like all my trips were booked like for the olympia and rising phoenix Mm -hmm. and they moved all that so we lost thousands of dollars through like delta and american because like the whole thing just shifted like all your hotels they were good they were cool but the flights and stuff oh they they much less cool they didn't care at all. they are not cool they don't give a shit no no and it was like you're, you're going either going from this side of the united states and then you're going to that side so they didn't yeah. want to help you out. oh my goodness well yeah. and i guess when it comes to shifting show dates if a show gets pushed back that's one thing if it gets brought up that's panic mode you're like oh yes, crap thankfully yep. that doesn't happen very often um no. but I've, I've worked with a client where they're looking to do a show and then they find out oh i've been you know i've got this work thing that came up and i can't do that show can i do it two weeks earlier instead and i'm like oh my god oh you know, yeah. yeah it's like a brain explosion yeah. moment <laughs> it's like you want to have a talk with them and just be like okay now <laughs> just remember <laughs> you were this amount of weeks out <laughs> yeah you lost you two of those they just, they just vanished like that they're yep. gone <laughs> yep no so, it's, it's good if a client's already you know, pre-ready, you know, yeah. ahead of time. But if you're yeah. trying to rush it, it's hard. It is. It is. But, and I guess if it gets pushed back, it just becomes a question of, okay, am I tough enough to stick with this for another six weeks? I'm already tired. Can, how, how deep can I dig in order to make this happen? Yep. I mean that, which I'm sure you did too, is if your clients like get that push, they got refeeds, you know, yep. like more carbohydrate every week. Like I had a girl doing Texas Roadhouse every single week is taking potatoes, you know, and it kept them sane. It kept them level-headed, but yeah. it also refed the body because you can't stay that lean for that long. So there's some value in help. doing something like that. That makes you feel a little bit more normal too. Yes. Yes. That, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had one client in Texas and she ended up finally having to go to Oklahoma to do a show after like her first three attempts got pushed back and canceled. And so she was in prep for like 26 weeks or something like yep. that. Um, but yep. she won, she won her show. So, yep. um, it's just hard to find somebody that's mentally built for that. Not everybody. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not going to be for everybody. And I've, i had had people that like wanted to back out and stuff and they, they did. And I, And I I had to tell them, honestly, like, listen, you're not going to make me upset. I'm actually more proud of you for stepping up and saying that you can't do it because there's no reason for you to push through, be miserable and have the worst time of your life. Yeah. You know, they came to a point where they were like, you know what? I I really can't do it. Or, you know, my body is just not going to have it. And then I was like, okay, we'll reset and we'll do it again. And I I think especially with all of the the recent industry news with, you know, gear and diuretic protocols Mm -hmm. and harsh preps and all this, I think being able to say like, yeah, here's my line and I'm, I'm done. I'm going to pull out at this point. Let's find something else to do. I, th- I think that's stuff that as coaches, we should understand where that line should be, feel fairly comfortable in pushing people up to it, but then saying like, kind of encouraging them, like, I don't think this is a good idea, regardless yeah. of how determined they might be. Because determination yeah. is one thing, but how your body's going to respond to it is another. Well, I mean, that's the same thing. Like, you know, as you know, you know, we just talked about getting those shows all pushed back. So then you have clients on and then off and then on and then off. And then it's like, depending on how many weeks they've been on something, do you even have enough time to get them off and get them cleaned out and get their body like 
you know, to want to do it again when you go to throw back in. So there's right. that reality check of like, I really got, there's a fine line of like, I'm not going to make them sick and ill and, and deal with that, you know? Yeah. We're, we're not going to destroy your liver here in the process. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and the, the other question is, you know, we, we continue with this prep long enough, you know, does there come a point where hmm, you're actually looking worse week by week now? Oh yeah. Like that, yeah. that's a good indication that maybe you got to pull the plug on something. <laughs> yep. And, and it happens too. You know, and, and then, yeah, it's depressed. And I think like a lot of the clients, like you said, if you have somebody that's that dedicated, they get so hard on themselves because they're like, I should finish, you know, yeah. or, and I know I'm better than this. And then there comes a point like, okay, you know, you're better than this, but the body isn't going to have it. And then you're not going to do very well. Yeah. So just listen and listen and we'll go from there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So after the Chicago pro, um, are you done this year? I'm done this year. Yeah. I think just mentally after losing John and that kind of craziness, and then we've been in talks of expanding the gym. So like, we're trying to like look at a different location, which is literally only two doors down from our at in a plaza. So there's <laughs> no way I could prep and move again. It just no, wouldn't happen. No, no. 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 I mean, I, I'm in prep right now. I'm not deep into it yet, but um, I spent a good 12 or 14 weeks before prep started, just getting all my ducks in a row, thinking about potential stress things and just, you know, kind of like reducing my client load just a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I went car shopping, I bought a new car, so I didn't have to do that when I was on prep, you know, all that kind of crap. Just like, I don't need that. Which show are you doing? I'm doing the, uh, the Lee Haney classic in Atlanta. Okay. So, um, it'll be my first show in 10 years. No way. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. The last show I did was in Charlotte in 2012. So, okay. and at that point, after that show, I'm like, you know what? I'm retired. I'm just going to help my clients. And then, um, I started up with uh, a new coach last year. And very early on in the process, she looked at my progress pictures and she's like, "If you don't compete again, I'm going to be really pissed." You've got genetics. You've got potential. If you just get your act together and do it, there's no yep. reason you can't do well. So I'm like. Yep. Fine. All right. I think the heat's on because it's like, if your clients can do it, you can do it too. That too. And also the heat's on because I'm not going to show up and, you know, I'm not aiming for third call out. I'm like, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got a little, oh, yeah. little bit of, a yep. little bit of flesh in the game. I've got a little bit of a reputation to uphold. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And after, after 10 years off, people are going to be looking like, okay, has he improved at all? So yeah, yeah. better. <laughs> no, no, no pressure at all. No pressure. no pressure at all. So far I'm fine. But again, I'm, I'm not even 11 weeks out yet. So I got plenty of time. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, so what are your, uh, do you have any plans set for, uh, for next year yet? I, um, I'm debating on coaching, you know, like who I will reach out to. Um, I know my stuff, you know, as, as well as you know, your stuff, but it's the same thing as like you, I don't want to be accountable. I want somebody to tell me what to do, you know, for a change. So I don't have to like, I can have easy thinking, just ride my prep out. Like, and that's that. So that's one thing that I'm kind of like, you know, on the grace right now with, and then I really so want to, you are like, coachless currently right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause it was just hard to even fathom to like, try to find somebody to replace him. No one ever will, right. you know, and have all those qualities, but, um, I just need to find the right one that, you know, that will connect with me. That'll listen to me, you know, understand where, where I want to go and where I don't want to go. Um, that that's really, really big with me. And then I really want to hit like a, earlier on show i've never done one like right out of the gate fresh in the in the new year i've always waited to like mid-year mm-hmm. so i want to hit one of the first ones that come out you know within that next year and i'm going to try to work my way up and keep building my balance and symmetry you know to bring a different package this year to or next year to bodybuilding cool cool um 
do you have any, I mean, you've, you've been doing this for a while. Like your, your physique is, I mean, it's pretty balanced. I would say, do you mm -hmm. have any areas where like, I need to kind of work on this a little bit. I want to focus on this a little bit more. It's always the legs. Mm -hmm. Like every time it's always like, I've, I've been building them up. They're there now. Like I, I have them, but now it's just getting them hundred percent in conditioning and which a lot of people don't want to listen to me on, but I'm not being on cardio because every time I do the cardio, it inflames my legs. And I know this, and I've pulled several clients away from cardio and I've watched them just keep getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, you know? So technically the diet should be able to do its job. And I think that that's where I need to go this time. I think I overbeat them, overtrain them mm -hmm. just by doing the, the cardio. And my fiance said the same thing. He's like, listen about that T he's like your upper body always comes in fabulously conditioned. He's like, but you only train it the days that you train it. Yeah. He's like, you're not doing like, you're not doing hand like walks all the time or Cardio, you're training, like, you're, you're training your legs like 12 times a week, realistically. Exactly. So I think that literally that's the culprit right there. Yeah. So we just have to find that one time to just try it, not do so much cardio, let the diet do its job, make your dietary changes as needed and then come in. But that's really the only, the only spot I have is just condition, really tight conditioning in the legs and they're big enough now. So it's just conditioning. Yeah. Do you find also, um, would you, would you agree with the statement that a lot of that conditioning, um, comes from what you do in the off season as well? It, I think it does. And, you know, a lot of these girls that, I mean, I'm up against too, is like they have backgrounds in soccer, gymnastics, like where they've been on their wheels, like training them in a different way. Yeah. So one of the emails that I've actually messaged John with, um, was I want you to train me like a football player. <laughs> and I was like, I, he's like, Oh, that's right down my alley. He's like, I'll, you know, we're going to go do this, 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 and this. And unfortunately it never happened, but I was like, they got freaking big wheels. I was like, I'm just going to do what they do. Yeah. <laughs> they got, of course, if you want to train like a football player, that means that every day is neck day too. Yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> got to protect the old, uh, the old noggin there too. So, yep. um, let's, let's talk a little, a little bit about specifics. So, um, training and diet. Um, I, I did get a question from somebody asking like, you know, what's your diet like? And rather than that, I would say, I would, I would ask you, we know what like a standard bodybuilding diet is like mm -hmm. meats, veggies, fish, blah, blah, oatmeal, yeah. cream of rice, all this crap, whatever. Is there anything that you do that you think is maybe a little bit non-standard or something that's outside of that norm? Or do you kind of just stay in there because you know, it works? Well, well this, this year, like I said, like I'm trying not to have a sloppy off season. I try to do it not so much last year because then I'm trying to make more like lean growth, mm -hmm. um, instead of trying to chase the scale and say, Hey, guess what? I, I weigh 200 pounds. But meanwhile, it's from like, how those Twinkies, like Wendy's frosties and stuff like that. But I do like every single day go out to eat and get, you know what I want if I want a salad, but I always like, I always am very cautious that I have a protein, a carb. If I wasn't supposed to have a carb, I don't have a carb. Mm -hmm. You know, if I want ice cream, I'll go get ice cream. Like I, I still want to put things in the body that whenever I do make those changes coming up for prep, that my body's going to respond. Because if I say too, too steady on, on a diet, your body can't diet on a diet. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and you keep, I mean, it, you just can't. So you got to have all these different things to keep tossing out. Like, you know, when you first start and then every two weeks and things to make changes to. So, you know, if you're putting the ketchup on or you're putting your sugar-free creamer in, like those are all things that go, but look, there was like 50 calories. So look, there was another hundred calories and yeah. all that stuff just goes away. So when we fill in, we're really just filling in the crevices and the cracks between the, with the muscle and the water from yeah. excess calories. So you don't obsess over keeping things like super tight in the off season, more just like reasonable moderation. Yeah. Like this year so far, I mean like whatever John had me on like to reverse, I'm still on it. 
Okay. Um, and the reason why I'm doing that is I haven't even announced it yet, but there is a women's award that's being given at the end of September. Um, it's a first annual one and I'm the honoree of accepting that award in Pittsburgh and it's for leadership. It's for, you know, just woman empowerment. It's for guidance. It's just mentorship and just what I do for the community. And it's going to be on the gateway clipper. It's going to be televised. There's going to be newspapers, speeches and award ceremony. So it's something that I am just honored, honored to have. So right now in my particular, where we're talking about diet, Mm -hmm. I'm staying semi-strict because I still want to look good. And then after that's over, it might be a different story. (laughs) Sure. Sure. There's different phases to it. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's talk just briefly about like supplementation in the off season. Do you dial things like way back? Do you come off everything completely or are are you okay? Like pushing a little bit just for like certain stretches. Like right now, I'm, I'm pushing a little bit um, just because of the event coming up and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'm going to try to do also like another photo shoot because I've had two, three calendars out. So I'm really trying to get another one out for this year. So cool. I want to do just that last more run because our schedules didn't match. We weren't able to do the shoot, you know, right after the show. So I'm trying to just do that within the next month. And then I'll pretty much taper back pretty much off of everything. I, I mean, I'm real big on cleaning out and being hundred percent ready to go. So your receptors have something to grab onto whenever you come back. Yeah, that's huge. And I think a lot of people who are advocating for whatever reason in, in the face of everything that we know, like I always want to stay on a little bit of something like, yeah, that's a terrible idea because it also becomes yeah. less effective the longer you stay on it. Oh, absolutely. And then like, and then you're like, okay, why well, did this? Now I got to do this. Yeah. And then you're doubling and tripling and then you're in danger zones. Exactly. You know, and it, gets, it, it gets to be bad news real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I saw the, uh, the IGTV thing that you did, um, yeah. the post, uh, diuretic when, when that whole thing mm-hmm. came out and it sounds like you, you are in the camp of like, you know, moderation. Absolutely. Like less mm-hmm. is more, um, mm-hmm. which is true for women. It's true for men as well. Mm-hmm. And men never want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> the no. Less is more thing. Yeah. Um, but I like that and I appreciate that. Um, so in terms of like, let's, training would you say you have a fairly typical like bodybuilder meathead style approach to training is there anything unconventional that you do not not really because like john had given me a program this last you know go around and it was really geared towards like what is your weak parts like what do you really need to work on so my back is strong but we wanted that the lats to come out we wanted that nice v taper so we really didn't train back as back we trained the high, the lats, the higher poles, you know, and we, we really dictated, you know, what style and angle we use for triceps, biceps, you know, what push movements we're using for legs and glutes um, that I needed to personally work on. We really didn't focus on like, if we're going to do back, we're going to make sure we do a high, a low, a medium, this, that. He did not do that. It was literally like, what is it? Whatever your weakness is, that's the only thing we're going to work on. I like that approach. And and with where you're at, you can afford to focus on the little details. And when you're there, it's like, it's not so much the exercise that you do. It's like the grip matters more. Yep. (laughs) Yep. The pull, like using the muscle. Yeah. You know, and I have a lot of people like starting out, like I'll give them a program, but then like a lot of them will travel two hours to come see me. We'll train like once a week and stuff. And then it's like, whenever they get, with me, they're like, wow, I didn't feel that like that. Cause you're, you're now able to explain the pulls, explain the pressing, you know, where you're supposed to feel it. And then now they can apply that to the rest of the program that I give them. This is one thing that I always push with my clients. It's not enough to go and check the boxes and do the workout and do all the movements and log your weights and reps and sets mm-hmm. and all that. 
feel the muscle working. And if you can't, you got a problem that's red alert and we need to fix that. Um, And once you can feel it working, great. What can you do to make, to feel it more? How can you feel that contraction more intensely? How can you get more out of it? Think of like, you know, um, of, of, uh, contraction or, or contractile effort is something that you can bleed out of a muscle. How can we get more out of it? How can we squeeze mm-hmm. more out of it? And yep. really the devil is in the details when it comes to bodybuilding, it's 95% detail like that. And I think like, I mean, we did a seminar locally here too, and it was the same thing explaining to any newcomer that's doing this to grow. It's not about the weight that you're using. You have to be able to handle that weight yeah. and let the body do the job with it. Because you know how back in the day it was like, oh, I got to do like 5,000 pounds on the sled press in order to get quads. Um, <laughs> but odds are I probably wasn't using my legs. I was probably using my hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then day you look back and you're like crazy. If I would have like actually did it right, I would have progressed so much quicker than thinking that egotistically, like you need to, you know, bench press this or squat this or deadlift this. If your form isn't 100% right and you're actually not even using the muscle that you're supposed to use, you're not growing. Hundred percent. I I tell people make the lightweight feel heavy. Like if you can find challenge and create fatigue and get a pump with lightweight, great. That means we're dialed in. Now it's a question of toughening up and Mm -hmm. mentally being ready for it to hurt more when you bring the weight up a little bit, but don't lose sight of what you're feeling there. Yep. I, I, I can't agree more. And then it's like, if you can't finish it, then either do a pause set or do a drop set. Yeah. Or you both. Know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a real psycho, prove it and do both. Yep. Do them all. Do it all. So aside from that, here's a question for you as a coach slash trainer, let's say you've got a client who comes to you and it looks on paper, like they're doing everything right. Whether they're trying to grow, whether they're trying to lean out for a contest, whatever it is, it, they're following their diet. That's clear. Um, they're training right, they're doing their cardio right, but they're just kind of stuck and they're not moving very well. What kind of things are you going to be looking to, like details that they might be missing? What kind of things would you have them look into um, that they might just, and might not even be on their radar? A lot of the times it's like the intensity in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people break too, too long between the sets. And why I say this is I actually had just a bikini chick. Um, she came to me and she was like, we, ne- we haven't trained. She traveled up to see me and she was like 115 pounds. We've been stuck at this 115 for oh my God, like a month. And, but there was really no like changes. And I'm like, how in the heck this is just not, something's just not working. So I'm like, come up. I want you to show me how you're, you know, training and what you're doing. And it was just like your typical, like, let's pull down slow. Let's feel the squeeze or whatever. I'm like, all right, we're intensifying, you know? <laughs> so I teach her all this stuff. And it wasn't even like we trained a body part. I tried to like give her that whole overall run. Yeah. So she can say, okay, this is what you want to do for back and legs. I am not joking. Within like four days, she dropped five pounds <laughs> just from intensifying the actual workout. That was it. Nothing changed diet wise. Nothing changed cardio wise. It was literally just how she trained in the gym. Uh, I absolutely could not agree more with that. You know, when I asked that question, I was thinking about things like, well, how's your digestion? Are you managing your stress? Sure. Well, but, but, and th- those are, those are valid answers totally. And that was where my head was going. But honestly, you're hundred percent right. Because if somebody's stuck, uh, it's almost nine times out of 10. It's because they and I have different definitions of the word intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. And, and I mean, I agree with you too, with the stress though, because like, you'll be able to tell if someone's a little watery, 
mm-hmm. you know, and they, they just look like they just released a bunch of cortisol or you can see it in their face and their check-in pictures. Like I ask and I'm like, you know, what's wrong? Like what's going on? And then usually nine out of 10 times, like that's, that's one of the culprits is they're stressing out about stuff. I, I have a form on my website that I have all my clients fill in with their check-in every week. And one of the questions is what's the biggest thing that's stressing you out right now? And what are you doing about yep. it? And that's, at a glance, yep. At a glance, if it, if the answer is this long, I know we got problems. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm going to write like, three okay, paragraphs about therapy this. Therapy class. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, we've got some work to do here and I know what the problem is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, bodybuilding, I think like, I mean, a lot of the times people talk about it as bodybuilding being physical. It's not, it's, it's literally half, half mental, half physical. I mean, you, you have to have that both balance or it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. The, the mental game is where I think a lot of people fail or uh, a lot of people who are amateurs who have potential. It's where they fail to take the next step up because they don't have mm-hmm. the mental game. I on point. Yeah, I totally agree. They, I mean, it's just, and like, it's just asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask your coach questions, you know, and you know, when I have people check in with me and I, and I know for a fact, they're not following the plan, I will ask. And the one girl I told her, I was like, oh, go ahead and have a refeed. And I'm thinking like, you know, common sense. Like I know it's a steak, potato, whatever. She checks in. She's like five pounds heavier. I'm like, what the heck did you do? She's like, I said, what did you have? And she's like, oh, pretzel and cheese and a burger and fries and ice cream and a cookie. I'm like, that is not a refeed. <laughs> when you're like eight weeks <laughs> that out of the show, that's not a refeed. <laughs> so I was like, we need to talk. <laughs> well, and I've, I've noticed that, you know, because I've been doing this for long enough, it's like some things I just assume people know, like, okay, when you're on prep, you can't have alcohol. Okay. Yeah. But boy, you got to say that. And what I've, what I've learned is that you never know what you don't have to say. And I always like to tell the story of my sister-in-law who her and my brother had kids when they were a little bit older, like they were 40 ish when they had kids. And yeah. so she was talking to me and she's like, you know, growing up, I saw other people as parents and I'm like, Oh, okay. I never really thought about what went into that. But now that I have kids, I realized like, I never thought that I would have to say things like don't lick the car. You just, <laughs> you don't realize what you need to tell somebody until yeah. it's too late sometimes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, the same same case scenario, you know, the the one girl, she's got like a high, high metabolism and she's flat as hell. Every time she checks in, I'm like, okay, I know you went like away. You said you took your food. Like, what did you do? And I'm like, no, I'm one of those coaches that I don't care. I'll ask because I just put the best for my people. And she's like, um, yeah, I drank like a fish over the weekend. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) we need to fix this (laughs) to her credit. At least she was honest about it. Yes. Yes. But I, and I try to get the honesty out of my people because I want them to know that if I don't know, I can't fix it. So when you check in and you don't tell me exactly what you do, I'm going to go make the changes that I feel appropriate. Meanwhile, they didn't even, one, you probably didn't need to change the diet, Mm -hmm. you know, or two, you needed to take a different route. Yeah. And then they wonder why you can't, you can't fix it or you can't find out what's wrong. Yeah. What yeah. you really needed to do was just stop all the crap that you did last week. <laughs> yep. Pretty much reset. Yeah. And I always, I always tell people like coaching with me, it's like planet fitness. It's a judgment free zone. Like mm-hmm. however you mess up, I don't care because yeah. whatever it is, I've done it too. Yeah. So I'm yeah. in no position to call you out on that, but I, I need yep. to know you got to be straight yep. with me. I mean, the one girl, I mean, she was honest, honest. And she's like, it's my birthday. Can I have a cupcake? And I was like, well, that tastes like second place, but if you want it, you can have it. I don't care. I mean, but I mean, that's, I, that's just how I am. Cause it's just like, I want them to like learn. I want them to be disciplined, you know, whether she ate it or not, I don't know, you mm-hmm. know, but it's, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I like to say like, how much better would that cupcake have tasted after the show? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause exactly. when you hold out, you wait a little bit longer, man. Ooh, it hits yep. different. 
Yep, it is. It tastes all different. Yeah. Um, I had one other question through uh, that came through Instagram. It was very specific um, about a certain pose. I will. I'll, I'll tell you that, but then just more I, I generally. Think I know what it is. <laughs> What, what what do you think? The Arnold pose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like the the question was, how do you learn how to do that? But more specifically, like, or more generally, where did you learn posing? Like, did you have a posing coach? Did you just watch a bunch of stuff and emulate it on your own? So I um, he is seriously has been a huge part of my life, and it's been Gary Udit. Mm-hmm. And he is, you know, our head chairman for our area over here. And like NBC I, Atlantic or something like that. Yeah. The mid Atlantic area. And I had just, he just has, he's a phenomenal person and I can't thank him enough for, he's been there since literally like day one from me competing. And (laughs) I always go to him and go over some posing and stuff. And then the one time I went over, he was like, okay, well, we need to really work on like your 60 second routine or your 45 second routine in the morning. And he's like, we, we need to put different transitions in. And he is literally the one that slid that in there. And it's just been, it just became a signature pose, like literally ever since I did it. Nice. Well, I mean, and you've got the right kind of frame and balance for it too. Like you really pull it off. Yeah. You just, you got to have that right angle. (laughs) If you're off, it looks terrible. (laughs) And and you know what? I I have tried it before and it's like, you know, I I do it. And of course you can't really see yourself while you're doing it. So you have to take the picture on the timer. And so then I I go and I pull up my phone. I'm like, delete. Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Either back to the drawing board or we're never trying that again. One of the two. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But honestly though, that's the best way that people should be doing, you know, they're posing and stuff, videotape it because Mm -hmm. like that way you can see and you can learn you know, what you don't think is right. And then when you do go pose with somebody that's professional or whatever, you know, number one, you'd be ready or you could ask them questions or show them, you know, what do you, how, why am I transitioning wrong here? You know, it just helps. Like the more footage you help have, the more pictures you have, the better you're going to be. Yeah. And I mean, I, I started posing um, through uh, Skype with my coach at like 36 weeks out um, yeah. on a weekly basis. But honestly, at this point, like I need to set another appointment with myself for an hour mm-hmm. every week on top of that. Oh, yeah. Because um, I, I can tell it's like, man, it, it's it's improved. But the one thing that hasn't improved is this, like what your face is doing, because what I don't have control over is when that guy out in the audience with his professional camera is taking the pictures and you've got this derp face because you're in between poses. I'm like, "Mm, I didn't practice that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I mean, a lot of the times too, it's like, you think like, Oh, I'm going to do a bodybuilding show. And then you're like, okay, well I'm training, but then you have your cardio but then you got to stretch and then sometimes you got to add a massage in there. Yeah. But then you also have to put posing in. I mean, it's a lot of different timing, you know, on what days you want to do certain things, but it needs to be done because posing is such a big part of competing. It really is. I mean, it's the only part that people see. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I was told by, um, I forget who told me, but I was talking to someone, it was during an interview and, um, they said to me, I think it was Bill Dobbins actually. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, um, Zane. And he said that, um, he told him like, whenever you're doing your poses, cause he's a photographer, he's like, make sure when you're doing your routines to hold the poses long enough for them to get good pictures. And Frank Zane was the only one that had a million pictures of them, like always taken because like the poses were held long enough for them to the photographers to take all those photos. Yeah. That, that's the way yeah. to do it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, and also the the thing that people don't really realize until maybe it's too late. And one of the things that I will often encourage people to do that I don't think a lot of coaches do is, you know, do a show maybe before you think you're ready. Like get that first one knocked out yep. so that you know what it's like to be on stage. Because what you learn then is not only how important posing is, but the fact that when you're up on stage, it's a performance. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I mean, like, a lot of times too, like go to one. There's been so many people that actually do shows and they've never even gone to one. Yeah. D don't be yeah. a competitor in the first show you've ever been to. Yes. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work yeah. that way. See it from the audience first and you can see like the people that do really well, they're putting up a performance on stage. Mm -hmm. Oh um, yeah. Yep. Even like during, during mandatories, it's like everything is choreographed. There's a flow to everything, yep. not just your routine, everything. Yep. Nope. Everything's structured, you know, and it, and you will, I mean, if you don't practice, you're going to stand out. You know, you want to get in those poses as quick as possible and be sharp. I mean, know? everybody has seen probably in every class at every amateur bodybuilding show that has ever been that one guy or girl who clearly did not put the time into her posing. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You don't want yep. to be that person. Don't be that. <laughs> be that. <laughs> that is, that is the thing to avoid. Yes. Um, do you have any parting shots for us? Any, 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 per, any parting shots, any pearls of wisdom or anything like from the mind of Teresa to the audience here? I mean, I would say like a lot of people today are really trying to speed up their progress in the industry. You know, like, it's like, I want to do one show and then instantly we want to go pro. And it took me 10 years to do this, you know, and it was like three national shows a year after year after year and not giving up. The thing is, is like enjoying the journey along the way and the people that you meet and the information that you get ask questions, you know? And I think that that's where a lot of people try to skip those steps and you really, I mean, this is a really healthy industry, you know, it's fun, you know, we, we all are a big family, but I think like, that's one of those things that I would just say, slow down your pro process, like enjoy it, you know, because don't try to get from A to Z real quick, per perfect your craft, you know, make your physique, you know, better each year and don't be in competition with your competition, be in competition with yourself, you know, and nowadays the biggest thing that I can say is since there's social media, stay off the phones because you're going to constantly be worrying about somebody else's prep and then yours goes to crap. You know, especially if you're in the gym, the don't pick yes. up your phone in the gym. Yes. Yes. yes, I'm constantly on people about that all the time. Yep. My app, when he was in the gym training at 91, okay, <laughs> the kid was on a leg press machine and my pap knows I own the place and the kid didn't have earbuds on and he walks over to me and he goes, excuse me. He's like, do you know him? I'm like, well, yeah, it's in my gym. And he's like, will you ask him how many sets of Facebook he still has? <laughs> like all right Pat. i was like i'm sure it'll be done soon <laughs> that's hilarious well and that, that that's the big offender the leg press honestly that's yep. where where people go for phone time i think yep but you're yeah. talking to an old school 91 year old man yeah <laughs> who don't do cell phones and he just wants to train you're not gonna take any shit <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're exactly right. People are, are too results focused and not process focused because if you enjoy yeah. the process, it really doesn't matter what the outcome is because if you enjoy the process, the outcome is going to be there yeah. eventually. You just got yep. to continue with it. Um, I lost. Are you still there? Oops. Yeah. Spam oh, calls. <laughs> I hate those. I hate those. Well, that is awesome. I don't have anything else for you. Um, how can people find you if they want to find you online on the dreaded social media? Yeah, I'm, um, I have my own website, which is TeresaIvancic.com. And then I have the IG, which is um, TIVancic underscore IPP Pro, um, TeresaIvancic on Facebook. And then it's TeresaIvancic IPP Pro on YouTube on YouTube. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, I really appreciate you being very generous with your time today. Um, it was awesome. I think, um, everybody listening to this, it's always good to get perspectives from people who were like a few weeks ago. Well, I took a little hiatus a few episodes ago. Um, I had one of my clients on who had just done his first show. 
And so he gave us the perspective of somebody who's just brand oh, yeah. new to this and just jumping in and what it was like for him. Um, and now we've got you on here. You've been doing this for ages and lots of experience. So I, I think it's super useful for us. So thank you for bringing that to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Cool. Um, hang on tight for a second here. I'm going to stop recording. I'll say okay. farewell to everybody in podcast land. We'll be back next week. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe. <laughs>